Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. And we just watched The Seed of Love and Life and the Soul Be Planted in the Fertile Soil that is a woman. Oh, no. Named, well, wait, I don't want to give away the winner. No. That's not how we do it. No. But I did just watch the seed of love and life be planted in someone's fertile soil. That makes it sound like I've just watched an impregnation. Yeah. But I didn't. I watched an engagement happen. The five-year engagement. You remember that movie with Jason Segel in it? Is in it? And Emily yes. Blunt? Yes. It's a good movie. I just feel, I'm just on cloud nine. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I had a couple farmhouse sales, so I'm feeling pretty loosey-goosey, but also, it's not that. It's that I just watched the seed of love and life be planted in the womb of America's heart. Oh, there you go. <laughs> in my heart womb. Uh, so Griffin and I just watched the first two hours. Making a ventricle baby in my heart womb. <laughs> we have not yet watched the... Uh, the historic. The historic after well, the final rose. Okay, we, so, yeah. We but, decided to record with our immediate reactions post two hours and then cut the ep and go watch I mean, we can rest. we can talk, we can lie to you right now. We can give you some bullshit, but it's because if we record now, then we'll have DVR fast forward time that we can use for the back exactly. half of the... So, and it's also good, because I... I this whole season has been built around, is Nick going to be alone? Is Nick going to get jilted at the altar? Is Nick going to be very, very alone? And even up to the like proposal at the end, and then even past the proposal? Because Chris Harrison and like yeah. all the stuff for tonight has made it sound like, but stick around because anything fucking goes. And to give you a little bit of history, like it is not unheard of yeah. that we get to the uh, after the final rose and... Most likely, like, the couple's there or whatever, and they talk about whatever, and they mention their Instagram accounts. Um, but sometimes it's like, oh, no, we broke up. And some yeah. sometimes... Jason Mesnick. Me- if Mesnick's in the mix... Picked his runner-up. Picked his runner-up. Said, I didn't... Whoops. Oopsie-doopsie, I made a bad one. Yeah. And so, we don't know. We're going to talk about the first two hours, and we're going to talk about what actually happened on the show. But we may come back after the old, the old Jumbotron spots and... Uh, have a different story to weave for you. Maybe yeah. this love womb. Maybe there's maybe this. It's a different seed in there. Maybe there's two seeds. I don't know. Looks like a maraca just shaking around in there. So many seeds. Maybe there's love. half a seed. Ooh. Now what would that be? Well, nothing would grow. I'm dating Vanessa's torso. <laughs> um. Let's let's dive right into it because, um, I always forget. Uh, finale's mad boring, huh? Like, yeah. Because every finale is they the the two finalists meet or hang out with the family. It used to be meet the family. This is when they would meet the family, but now they get a little more loosey goosey well, with that. And they they drag out weird parts of it. So first of all, every finale takes place in front of a live studio audience, um, not the actual filming of it. But no, we keep cutting to Chris Harrison and wasting valuable time. It's not it's not wasting time. It's that they have forty five minutes of stuff. Yeah. Between like these two boring. So they have an audience dates. full of people and Chris Harrison's sitting on a stage and the idea is everybody's watching 
watching along with you. They keep cutting to them to remind us that everybody's sitting there watching too. Uh, and then, yeah, and then both women have to meet Nick's family, um, which was really quick. It was very fast. Well, and that's the thing that they, they went to Waukesha. So like they all met the family, I think at this point, right? Or maybe not. Well, Raven no. had Raven had met Bella, who yes. is Nick's sister, sister, niece, sister, sister. It's like his youngest sister. Okay. Oh, that's right. He's got a big family. Yeah. Um, and so she's obviously got like, it's a huge advantage, right? It's a huge chip in her back pocket. And you know, Raven's going to play Bella's love for her. Very tactically, you know what I mean. <laughs> She's gonna cash in that card whenever she. It's it's most. Raven valuable. is not a strategist. She. Uh, there, I think she is more than you would assume. There is no point this season where I have thought like, oh, ooh, well played, Raven. Why is it? This was such a good Raven episode. Why is it that like, and and when they pulled the audience, like first thing they're like, who do you think's gonna win? Who thinks Raven's gonna win? And it was like. It's like, who thinks Vanessa's going to win? And just screams and howls. <laughs> and then he's actually, Chris said, who thinks he's going to end up alone? And there were like two women who were like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Which I thought was very refreshing. There was a lot of validation going on in there. But like, this was the best Raven episode, I feel like. The whole time I was just like, man, Raven's so fucking great. Yeah. Why is it, why is it that the finale is always like. I know. Well, because everybody's so sure. Like, they yeah. film the show so that you will be sure. JoJo had the same edit, yeah. I guess. But on the last episode, they want to bring just a little doubt in. Yeah, so it, this 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 is also sort of part of the tried and true stru- structure at this point, in that everybody knows there is somebody in the lead going into the finals. Yeah. The, per- the underdog gets just, like, a really good edit. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know yeah, how they pull... Yeah, because they want... Us to be a little doubtful, and they also they want us to have broken hearts. They're really fucking good at this. Yeah. They're really, really very, very good. They're yeah. They have mixed results when they try to pull this fast one on us, but like this is one area where like the edit fucking works, and is like they're very good at their jobs. Well, usually the runner up is p- in potential contention for the Bachelorette, so yeah. it's kind of weird to watch this really good edit and just know that's the end. Yeah. Uh, so the dates happen with the families and... Yeah, so Nick's there with his parents and I think there were like four or five siblings. There were a lot of sibos. There's like 10 in his family and so it wasn't everybody. Um, and the mom and dad remind all of us about the devastation he's experienced with Andy and Caitlin. It was like they were at a wake. Yeah, it was, it was very somber. So somber. And like the the every it's a very emotional family, I think generally speaking. Everybody yeah. kind of shares Nick's like penchant for like I'm going to cry in five seconds. Yeah, here I go. You're going to see it coming a mile away. They're constantly five seconds away from crying. Yeah. Uh, so Raven arrives first, and Bella is excited to see Raven because they're old buds from the roller skating rink. Um, Raven talks to Nick's dad, and the. She tells the dad, I am in love with him. Um, And then the dad asks if Nick has said it back. And she says that he is not. Um, And then Raven's dad finds that she has a a maturity about her. I... uh, Raven, more than anybody, I think, this season, drops that do and that am. Just so... (laughs) Like, with fucking, like thermonuclear force just like i am in love with you like (laughs) it's like a new it's like a new plosive 
that she just kind of like injects in there. And it, uh, every time it's just like, it's my pet peeve. I think it's my pet peeve. I think it actually really bugs me. You know what? People have asked why that bothers us. And it's almost like you're entering a conversation assuming that somebody has this on their mind already. So it's like if you showed up at your family's Thanksgiving and everybody knows that you're like a big pecan pie eater and you walk in and they're like, oh, are you excited for Thanksgiving, Rachel? And I'm like, I am. And I am. Am going to have the pecan pie. Yeah, and the, for me, the bigger thing is this is an unscripted television show, and so the way that they get the people to say the words with their face mouths, yeah, is they do interviews with them in those behind the scenes in the moment um, interviews, mm. and they give them prompts such as like, uh, "What's your problem with what? Do you think corn has uh, enough maturity to be here, uh, or you know, whatever." Um, and so when you give that, that, um, how about the term sharp affirmative is, is how it hits me. When you give that sharp affirmative, it, to me, it kind of like shows that there is somebody like, are you in love with Nick? I am in love with Nick. Like, it's just like, obviously like, I don't know. I think that's why it bothers me. And also just like, if you don't understand why it bothers us, say it with your mouth right now, (laughs) say it right now and feel how weird it feels. I do love you, Rachel. I the only way that that makes sense is if you're like if you just say you I didn't and I have to like you know what I mean yeah unprompted like just Griffin like, there's no way you're in love with me I do love you that's fine <laughs> I mean it's not fine Jesus please <laughs> don't say things like that to me it's, it makes me very sad but otherwise just being like if the first time I told you I love you I said I do love you w- w- you'd <laughs> no, be like why wait. are you so insistent about it why okay yeah. fine calm down yeah uh raven also talks to the mom and she tells the mom about how effortless their relationship learn her name shameful uh and she uses phrasing that she used with nick i feel like the first time she revealed her feelings to nick because she says it would be tragic if i didn't express how wonderful he is and i feel like that's the same thing she did when she told him that she was in love with him she was like it would be tragic if i left here that was interesting uh, and Raven has a good experience with the mom and the mom says that she seems very honest. Um, and we are just scraping the bottom of the barrel. I mean, it's, it. it's real quick. One thing I will say, this is when, um, Nick and his mom are talking and his mom's like, you know, you felt this way with Andy and Caitlin. How do you know? And Nick goes like, I don't. Remember and you leave. I did. Really I laughed funny. at him. Yeah, yeah I mean really that's funny. a that was constant coming through, and it comes through sometimes. <laughs> I think it's very very charming. Um, and then he does the like, she's funny, smart, attractive. Yeah, he did. He unpack this. This fool unpacks his adjectives. Yeah. pretty often, and that's another thing that I didn't realize until this episode. That he does like, Rachel, you're smart, cute, funny, attractive, cool, crazy, sexy, <laughs> cool, crazy, beautiful. Um, but I gotta send you home. It's like always like yeah. You're fine, fierce, lovely, strong, powerful, muscular. What if he did like an acrostic poem? That's it. He's like <laughs> radical, <laughs> awesome, very, vivacious. Very, very awesome. <laughs> Energetic. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Nick only speaks in acrostics. If you go back and watch the whole season, every sentence he says, mm-hmm. if you really look at it, Corinne was a really long one for him. Yeah, sure. I mean, Vanessa too. It's quite a bit, mm-hmm. quite a bit of stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. And then, let alone the ladies that have the he had to give the last initial for. <laughs> it's just like a whole, you know. Uh huh. 
If you go back, it's the whole season. Yeah. Every sentence. Is rewatch the whole season. Go right rewatch now. the whole fucking season. <laughs> I would ra- I would rather go jump in a river and stay there. <laughs> well, yeah, I would too. Jumping in a river would be fun. No, I mean like forever. Oh. Yeah, to be taken as the river's bride. <laughs> And the river would be like, Riffin, yeah. I am in love with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, so then <laughs> Vanessa's Riff- turn. Yeah, all right. Vanessa's turn. So Vanessa shows up and she sits down with the family and she tells her story and about kind of who she is, where she's from. And then she tells her vomit story. And this, then she okay. says that's how she knew yes. she was in love with She Nick. starts to get choked out. She's like, and I... I yartsed and <laughs> I got all over my suit and my pants and hair. And um, I ruined a camera and several takes because they <laughs> she, can't she show yarts. She says that's when she realized that Nick was a caretaker. And then that's when I like, could not go on thinking about her yarts accident that she had. Now, I will say this to Vanessa's credit. She said, we went up in an airplane. That made it feel like you were going up into space. And yeah, I wanted finally. to go, I want to, like, tweet. I never tweet at the people on the show, but I want to be like, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for, for this. This is such a major step towards, <laughs> towards the light. For acknowledging that you didn't actually go into space. Because, like, four times. Yeah. Her and Nick. We went into outer space. <laughs> to Uranus. You didn't. I promise you didn't. You went on a goofy plane that did silly tricks up in the clouds. Uh, so she tears up while she's telling this vomit story. The mom tears up too. And then Nick does kind of a a, um, a calming thigh rub on Vanessa. <laughs> and you, you, you could more easily number the stars than you could count the thigh rubs in this oh, one so two many. hour of... And also the women lift. There's lots of there's lots of women lifting. Lots yeah. of lifting up okay, women. Okay, so this is this is the joke I came up with. Oh boy! And but I didn't say anything to you because I wanted to bring it to the oh, podcast. Cool, I'm excited. This never happens. What if the ladies showed up at, at Nick's house and everybody in the family hugged like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Saturday Night Live sketch. Like they all hug each other and Nick lifts each of them up and they all wrap their legs around him. That's really good. <laughs> Isn't that a good image? Do you know what I thought about that? <laughs> Including the dad. Like yeah. The dad brings the legs yeah. up around Nick. Come here, Nick. What would that be? <laughs> um, you know what I thought about that I wanted to talk about on the podcast, and I do not know if it will play here, but I still... It's one of the funniest things that I've ever, like, had watching TV with you, was we were watching, and there is a commercial. My favorite thing about, like, the live threads is, like, people comment on the commercials. They're like, boy, that Ghost in the Shell movie looks shitty. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's depressing, but yes. Um... And the one, there's one where this, uh, this woman, this middle-aged woman is like getting ready for a date and you see her son playing video games. Uh, <laughs> and then her, she's like walks over and like interrupts his game and is like, uh, you sure you don't eat anything? You sure you're fine? And he's, he's like, yeah, I'm fine, mom, mom, go ahead, go ahead. And she's like, okay. And starts to leave. And he's like, mom, no kissing on the first date. And she kind of smiles and walks out. And it's like pretty like weirdly overbearing, like. That's no good. I don't even remember what it's an advertisement for. Is it I don't match. Either. Com it's like or for something? yeah, for overbearing young boys. It's a school, <laughs> it's a school for overbearing boys. Anyway, before this came on, before this commercial, immediately before it, Rachel and I watch everything with closed caption now, um, because we watch all our TV with like the volume set to six out of one hundred because we don't want to wake <laughs> up our child in the other room. Um, right before this was a truth ad, the anti smoking campaign. And somehow these these closed captions got fucking devoured. 
Um, and so there was just a fraction of a word and then a word and then like a typo word with like a, a hieroglyph. <laughs> just thinking about it makes me want to fucking crack up because what it said on the screen was tobacco, tack, tack, tobacco. And what we thought was the fucking funniest mental image ever was like, no kissing on the first date, mom. And she just turned to her rotten son and was just like, tobacco, tack, tack, tobacco. Mom, please, tobacco. Backo. <laughs> it's it's a lot of explanation for something that may Please not just translate. Please just don't kiss tonight. Backo. Tobacco. Tobacco. Um, and I hope that's funny to other people. God, it was the hardest I think I've laughed in a year. A, good, a calendar year it was the hardest I've laughed. Watch the the lesson is watch the closed captions. Backo. Like tonight when um Chris Harrison came on screen. Our closed captions said Chris Mary's son. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't have gotten that. We wouldn't have gotten that. There's a lot the of captions. humor to be found in these silly closed captions. Okay. Just her turning towards her son, <laughs> unhinging her jaw, and just shrieking, Backo! You've got to stop doing that. I don't want you to wake up Henry because you're saying, If Backo. I wake up Henry, I will go into the bedroom and lower my face over the crib <laughs> and I will shout tobacco at him as loud as I possibly can. I won't do that. Please I won't, don't. I would love him. I won't spook him. Okay. Also, he'll never sleep ever again if I do that. Yeah, no kidding. There's a barn owl outside or something. I heard it. It wasn't a baby. It was a barn owl. Okay. We live in Texas. We got barn owls. Okay. Uh, so Vanessa talks to the mom and uh, says that she's never felt this way before. And she's never been in the position where she's um, about to get engaged, potentially. And so it's a big deal to her. And she worries kind of whether they're rushing and she's got some kind of hesitation. And the mom is kind of like, well, you know, you this is serious. Like, this is a serious thing. And then she also tells the sister the same thing. She's like, you know, no one in my family has ever left Montreal. This is kind of a big deal if I were to move. And the sister says, well, you really should talk to him about this. Um, so I was kind of surprised because Vanessa basically comes in and is just like, I am really unsteady. And Nick's family, of course, is like, Ugh. I mean, yeah. But also, like, we don't know what conversations they had out outside of this. Yeah. But not only that, this is more conversations about logistics. That's yeah. all this is. No, that's true. Any any friction that popped up here was like, I'm really thinking about what it's going to be like to be with this dude after this. And the family was very much playing along. Um, the dad has, a, like, a really interesting convo with Nick, which is another one of those, like, serious, this is the actual one you're picking kind of conversations. Because he's like... Um, you know, I remember when you and Andy didn't work out and you feel like Andy had a type and she went back to that type by not picking you and that she made the wrong choice. Um, and Nick, you have a type and I'm wondering if, if you're going to put yourself in the same position, basically acknowledging the fact that like Vanessa is very much his type and that if he continues to pick his type, he's going to end up hurt. Which I hadn't really thought about how similar Vanessa was, both in appearance and and kind of demeanor, demeanor yeah. to Andy and Kaylin. Um, but she very much is. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. It's certainly more so than Raven. Yeah. Um, and Nick is very like... Yeah, like, oh, I like complicated, strong women. Okay. You know. You know how Nick says. I know. Things. I know the things he says. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
And this is when Vanessa has a very emotional conversation with Nick's dad, where she asks dad specifically. Um, Just dad, he's your dad now. Yeah. Sorry, David. <laughs> You've been replaced. Asks Nick's dad uh, if love is enough, that she loves him and is, is love enough. And he says, well, no, you have to sacrifice and it's commitment and it's selflessness. And right around here, dad gets choked up. Yeah. Gets a little choked up. And then Vanessa also gets choked up. They have a little, little, a little call and response. A little tear moment. It's sweet. I forget why. I don't really understand why. Well, Nick's dad is talking about love and it makes him emotional because he, I guess he loves his wife a lot. No. And then Vanessa feels very strongly for Nick. And that makes her sad. Do you wish that when we talk on this podcast about like our relationship and my, my you love cried? for you, that I would just cry 100% of the time? Well, I mean, <gasps> not if you made that noise. You could, you could silently cry. Okay. Just assume um, when Rachel's talking and I'm not that I'm silently crying. Yeah, please. Okay. Please do. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Si- silently cry. Silent why, why are you crying? Because love. Love, yeah. Because I've sacrificed so much oh, for you. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I've sacrificed my looks. Backo! <laughs> uh, and so the mom and dad talk to Nick. And again, they remind him of how certain he was with Andy and Caitlin. There's so much. There's so much. It's almost like that's the only thing that anybody talked about the entire season. And yeah. it's like they had a fucking quota to fill that they were off by 15. And so it was just like, you remember the past couple times you fucked up? And by the way, sorry to Jennifer, the, her, his bachelor I think it was parent, just Jen. Jen? Sorry, Jen. Like, yeah. You, you've Nobody been, buys it. Yeah. You've been written out of, out of the narrative. Yeah. Uh, Eliza Hamilton style. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we're back to the studio. Yeah. And those, those were the family meetings. And so it's time for the lady dates now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vanessa goes first. And I, you know, I made these notes, which is kind of not necessary, but I always wrote down Vanessa in the snow. And then I wrote down Raven in the snow as if. No, it's all in the fucking snow. Yeah. It's, it's not only that, it's all in the same, like, what is it? It's called something safari? Lapland. Lapland safari? I think it's where they're staying. It's like the resorts so are they're staying. staying. And so either there weren't like a lot of places to shoot, or also it was like fucking five degrees outside. So they just did not want to go too far from their hotel. Uh, so Vanessa and Nick are going to get on horses. And this is where I made note of the uh, the crotch cam. Which oh, you was, made note of uh, crotch. Which was the camera they put on the saddle that looked up at them mm. from crotch level. Yeah. Um, and this is also when they show a man in red. Oh my god! Okay, hiding behind a tree with no warning. Like you guys gotta fucking warn me if you're gonna take it to this place. You can't <laughs> just have these two having a horse day, and I'm watching this thinking this is gonna be like any other horse day. And then who's that woodland nymph? Popping his head out from behind the, the, the spruce 
why it's it's old saint nick because of the weird angle i thought there was kind of like a blair witch quality where yeah. it was like this bouncy camera at crotch level and then this like santa claus in the trees i thought there was going to be something weird that was going to go down and all of a sudden i'm like now my blood pressure is elevated because now nothing that happens from this point and the point in which the santa claus is addressed like can i focus on anything these two are saying about the relationship <laughs> or romance or whatever the fuck you can't be like, I know, it's tough. You know, I've been in this position, too. I got jilted by Andy and Caitlin, and it was like, no, get to the Santa Claus that you <laughs> did definitely show. Um, And so then the Santa Claus disappears, and they ride for a little bit longer. He walks behind a tree. You make it sound like he has, like, actual sprig in the magic. Well, I thought as they approached the tree he jumped behind, they would interact with him. But instead, <laughs> they continue to ride. <laughs> You think he used woodland magic that the nymphs taught him? <laughs> that's that's some Finnish dryad. I thought he was going to hop out at him when they when they rode by. Scare the horses very bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, instead, they go up to this cabin, and that's when I realized, oh, they're going to Santa's little Finland cabin. I can't um, believe the words were said. I can't believe what we're talking. I can't believe what we watched yeah, and no, are talking I about. I know. It felt like a weird holiday episode of a sitcom, but it, hey, it's March. Like, this is weird. I don't even think it was around the holidays when they filmed no. this. No. And so they sit in this tiny, warm, like, fire shed with Santa. And, Very small. And, um, by the way, I made the point to Griffin that if somebody could rework our theme song... So there's a line that says, she ends up with Santa Claus, instead of Soldier Boy. Yeah, that would be fun. That and then if fun. it's somebody's first episode, they'd be like, what the fuck is this <laughs> podcast, Dylan? Why did you tell me to listen to this, Dylan? Um, so Vanessa, Vanessa is very excited to see Santa Claus, but you can tell she's putting it on a little thick. When a little bit. When she says that she really, quote, feels like she's back in her childhood days. <laughs> And it's it like shows her like just like laughing and like burying her head in this I'm sorry, finish mole Santa's shoulder. Like <laughs> it's like I love Christmas very, very much. Santa Claus, yes, go for it. But she's on this like I think Santa Claus in this moment to me represents you gotta have faith in something bigger than yourself. And that's like the faith that I have in Nick. And it's like Ooh, What the tough. fuck? That was so tough. Yeah. <sighs> It, it's like if Griffin and I went to go get ice cream, and I was like, oh, Griffin, thank you for taking me to get ice cream. I feel like I'm back in my childhood days <laughs> when I would get ice cream. <laughs> it's so, there's so much that went on in this one little, and then they just like, oh, he gives them a weird he gives sex them a gift. plate. Yeah, it's like a it's like a wood carving of the two of them with, I guess, their Finnish names, which are Nico and Venla. And there are symbols for happiness and fertility on it. So he's like, go get, go do it. Yeah. Go plant your fertile seed in the life womb or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go outside and they sit by a fire and there's this hysterical shot of that wood carving from behind like right the other side of the, the fire, fire. Yeah. which definitely made it look they're like, thank you, St. Nick. I'll treasure this forever. A burn. <laughs> um. And and then they have another like one of many serious conversations about their future together. And Vanessa makes it clear that she's kind of upset that Nick is still hedging. And she's like, I don't want to be, you know, chosen because we have a slightly stronger relationship than the other person here. 
Uh, and she talks about her gut and how she's ignored her gut in the past um, and how she has all these questions still left unanswered and all these doubts. And let's there's two ways that you handle this in the game. And the first is you do what the Axeman Ben Higgins and what Jojo did, which is you just tell the final two people, I love you. I fell in love with you a long time ago and I love you. Before the proposal or whatever. I love you. The other way you do it is how Nick did it. And I think he did he did this in a bad way. In that he said, y'all, in dancing around re- reciprocating the feelings of yeah. these women, Nick says, oh, some shit. Yeah, he, he, it's at its worst with Vanessa. Um, as it always is. As, yeah. his, as these like... Um, like middle of the road statements are always the worst with Vanessa. Cause I think she wants this, this like, um, she, she wants this reciprocation very badly. And I think Nick also very badly wants to give it to her, but can't and doesn't. And so just the result is some yeah. really bad stuff. So here's what happens. So at, at night they meet up again and Vanessa is, just wants to get questions answered. And so she says, you know, I feel like your answers to my questions have been very general so far. Uh, and Nick says that he's being more careful with his heart this time around. Uh, and Vanessa just flat out says, do you feel ready to propose? And Nick responds, the week's not over yet. Are are you fucking kidding, dog? Like, That's the best you've got? Like... I can't, that is so upsetting. Later in the episode, he says, when I made my decision this morning yeah, at the proposal, and then he said, um, this was a heartbreaking decision to make. Yeah. It was heartbreaking deciding on who your fiance and wife is going to be. Yeah. Broke my heart. Rachel, when I proposed to you, it was a heartbreaking decision, you know? Because there's just a bunch of other people I could have been, but it was you, and it's just, I'm so happy, but it broke my heart, heartbreaking decision. By deciding to get engaged to you, I had to reject other situations which might have made me happier. Like, what kind of, what kind of proposal is that? What kind of way to say things to a person is that? There's a lot of game left to play. What? Are you going to marry me or the other woman? I don't know. There's, we're still in the first quarter. What? I feel really strongly about you, but everything could change tomorrow. Depends. So don't get comfortable. Like, holy shit, dog. Raven and I are going to ice skate, and if things get hot, I might feel differently about you. You just, you better hope for a miracle. Like, yeah. we're exaggerating a bit, but it was, it was, the things that he says are like, and I, I I get what the structure of the show demands, but like the things that he says to a person that could be his future fiance are unconscionable. Yeah, Vanessa like really starts crying pretty hard. Yeah, very bad, very and hard. Nick's kind of like, I know what you want, and I just can't give it to you. I could give it to you, but I but I I I don't want to until because once I propose, it's marriage. She it's- talks about how like it's not especially romantic. The way winning, like winning over another person is not romantic, which I fucking get. And he's like, but isn't it romantic that I want to wait to say I love you to the one person that I know that I'm going to be engaged to? And it's like, Nick, come on. Out of two? The one out of two competitors? Uh, Yeah. 
No, that sucks. Like any doubt that you claim to have at this point, like she can very clearly visualize the source of that doubt. It's not like when there were 30 women. It's like, I know who it is. I usually have no patience too for like competitors at this point who like don't understand what the structure of the show is, who are like, I need you to propose to me right now. It's not going to happen. It has happened. And I think Vanessa, like everything she said in this conversation was she was trying to get that sort of a fairly unprecedented thing of just like, just say it now. Yeah. Just tell me now. Just propose to me now. Go send Raven home and let's do it right now. I usually have no patience for that that level of like not understanding and understanding what the structure of this shit is. But like, maybe it's just because Nick was just so fucking bad at this that I felt so bad for Vanessa. Well, it seems like he's picking the show over her because she so desperately wants something and he's like very clearly tied to the producer saying like, well, you know, I can't. Yeah. Yeah, and you made a great point when we were watching in, in that, like, pretty much every season, every proposal starts with, I knew from minute one. Yeah. No, you didn't. You can't say, like... I've been falling in love with you from the very beginning. It's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> you can't say in one day, I'm going to play this thing till the fucking whistle blows. And then the next day be like, from the moment I saw you step out of the limo. No. Yeah. Uh, okay, so time for Raven's Date. And they are going ice skating. Um, and they play Kiss Me again because Raven acknowledges our first date was roller skating and here we are again skating. Yeah. And so they decide to reuse that song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which Griffin, Griffin asked me, he's like, do you know who sings this song? And I just, without, I mean, come that, on, that's everyone knows who sings this song. That's more based on like, you and I have certain divides in like, you know lots and lots of th- what was the thing we were watching Buffy Reg- Rachel and I were rewatching oh, Buffy Case Choice Case Choice like was on and I thought it was Amy Mann which I was way off base there but you're and like I you know Case Choice and you sang like a whole Case <laughs> Choice song and I was like I've never even fucking heard this song this this band this well Sixpence on the Richard that song came out when I was in high school right I think that's one of those songs that like, like you and I both, both both caught yeah um so yeah I wasn't trying to like doubt your abilities it's like I don't know I don't know where our there is a there's a break for you and I where there's like any songs before a certain point and after a certain point like one mm-hmm. of us knows and the other one doesn't but, but Kiss six, Me Sixpence is right in the fucking brings us together splits the uprights of our it's a real uh, American tale moment where I was driving around in my car <laughs> listening to that song and then you were what were you doing I was getting my uh, diaper changed <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, let's see. I was probably, you know what? Ironically, I was probably at uh, Kamak Middle School fucking going to Rollerama and like, pro- sorry, babe, probably holding hands. Oh, Griffin. I know. With my teacher who was teaching me how to skate. You're the first <laughs> okay. hand I ever held, babe. Okay. <laughs> you can't say with my teacher so confidently after talking about holding hands and not have me pause. I, I was holding hands with my teacher who was teaching me how to skate. You're okay. the first hand I ever held and you know that. Well, you remember the first time we held hands and I broke two of your fingers because I bent them back with my two other fingers? And I was like, is this right? And you're like, no, mm-hmm. the thumb doesn't move that much. And I was like, I'm just trying my best. Mm-hmm. And then I broke two of my own fingers. <laughs> and we went to the hospital together. Yeah. And then we made love. <laughs> you remember? With your broken fingers? I mean, they were involved. <laughs> okay. Okay. I want to move on. I do too. Okay. Um so they they ice skate and Nick lifts her up 
To which Griffin says, this is dangerous. Um, I wish that was a bit. <laughs> no. I wish that was a joke and not just like... Griffin um, fears for anybody doing anything like a little risky on this show. Oh, what? Like standing on two knives on the world's most slipperiest substance that if you fell on it, you would brash, bash your fucking brains in while holding another person? Like, yeah, I'm, that's bad. I don't like that at all. <laughs> and they did it like nine times. They did. Well, you know how Nick loves to pick women up? He's a lifter. He's a woman lifter. Um, and then they lay on the ice and kiss. And then Just they, a lot of laying in different bodies of water and kissing this season for these two. And they they um they go and sit around a fire and they talk about the family and how good the experience was. And then Nick walks away and then just walks back and he's holding three puppies. <laughs> three husky puppies and like all right, obviously this is we're doing some prop comedy now, but fuck me, these puppies, y'all. They Raven were. tells the camera, This is the best day of my life. It's the best day of my <laughs> life too. Are you kidding me with these puppies? She says, I hope my kids with kick with <laughs> Nick. <laughs> I hope my kids with Nick are as cute as these puppies. But less hairy. But less hairy. Um I and and then they they share some laughs together. It's fun. And this is when Griffin turns to me and says, "I like this Nick. I like Nick when he's with Raven, and it's maybe the only Nick that I liked this 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 whole season. Or maybe it reminded me of the Nick I really liked during Bachelor in Paradise last season. Yeah. Um. Where I I, I think this more than anything sort of is evidence for yours and my uh, sort of like thoughts on the boringness of the bachelor and the bachelorette once they make that leading role. And that once you, once you hang the artifice of this show on a person, once you hang the, like, here's the beats you got to hit around week four, there's got to be some big drama. You got to make, you got to make everybody doubt that you're going to like stay at all. Um, You got to constantly be doubting that you're going to find love no matter what. Um, Fantasy suites have to be, you know, this and this You've and this and this You've got to not reveal happened. strong opinions about any women. And that level of, like, duty just makes you fucking boring. Because yeah. at that point, you're feeling, you are playing to a script. Um, at Bachelor in Paradise, like, Nick was fucking, like, kind of fun. And, yeah. like, a very, like, one of the best audience surrogates this franchise has ever had. And I was excited for that. I thought we were going to be taken behind the curtain a little bit yeah. more this season. And a fuck me, me did that not, not only did that not happen, I think Nick was more in the, like, writer room than any bachelor or bachelorette ever has been before well and raven does a good job of breaking through that just because like she i don't know just her personality like later that night they're in front of the fire uh again because there's a lot of fire in finland uh and she says you know don't give me too many details but how are you doing and nick very honestly says back to her i can't move my neck (laughs) Like he is, he's just very open about how stressed he is, how tense he is. Um, and, and it's like moments like that, that I thought we'd get more of this season. But it's also moments like that, that make you think like, oh, um, this is not a judgment on Raven. And I hope it is not taken as such, but like, she's his buddy. Yeah. She's just like, and that doesn't like in no media, like scripted or real or whatever, does the usually does the buddy sort of yeah but come can away i tell you w. that drives me crazy I know, me too. because griffin we're buddies we're, we're very good buddies and we were good buddies for for a bit before we before yeah. we dated and yeah we didn't we didn't enter some kind of deadly quote friend zone 
No, well, that's fucking. You listen to any podcast I'm on. I think that's the dumbest shit. Fucking. But I ever. feel like Raven probably thinks that's what happened to her. I know, but and, and that's, same with uh, Alexis too. Yes, this it's it sucks, right? But like, that's not how that's not how it works. But it is how this overwrought romance show. Yeah. Once you think it works, which is just like the buddy is somebody you have fun with, and they're funny, and they're kind of a goofball, and we get some good footage, and we have some fun on the dangerous roller uh, ice skating fun. But they're not the the one that wins is the one that you cry with the most and the one that you yeah. have like the most sort of like deep philosophical differences with yeah. that you have to sort of um, fig- figure out together. And that's not like that's not always the case. Or you can do both. Or you can do both. Hey, Why turns not both? out. Yeah. Turns out you can do both. Um, it really uh, breaks your heart, though, because this whole yeah. time I'm watching like, oh, God, I want I I. I, I think I want Raven to win. Like Vanessa's yeah, great, and I try not Nick to forget seems that. Happy. But Nick seems like this is this is the happiest we see Nick, and yeah. it's not like I'm rooting for this dude's fucking happiness or whatever. But I, I, it's refreshing to watch somebody not be fucking boring. Yeah, that's it. It's not. I don't care that he's happy. He's entertaining. He's more entertaining. He's not yeah. fucking boring. Yeah, Raven, I think, tries to do Nick the solid of saying, "Hey, just so you know, like if you're gonna propose to me, I want you to know I'm ready." Like. I do love you, uh, which she does say, and um, and I just want you to know that if you were to take this chance, like I'm going to say yes. Uh, and Nick says, you know, I've never worried about you. You've always been so sincere. Like I don't have any doubts. You know that if if I were to pick you, I'd be happy. <sighs> and then so, we move on. It's time for Neil Lane. Yes, we fucking the next shot we see is Chris Harrison. In an ancient Egyptian tomb, collecting the five urns that contain <laughs> the vital organs of Mr. Neil Lane. He gathers them up, combines them, forms just sort of a rough skeleton, which goes around terrorizing the town and absorbing the vitality of people. <laughs> he harnesses the power of, of the short hours of the sun in Finland. He probably has figured out a way to eat diamonds for power, right? Like, at this point? Oh. Yeah. It's probably the way that, like, he's... Because he looks, he's definitely buttoning out. He's so why def- would he give them up though if he needs them for power? He has more than enough. Yeah, because he also needs money, right? Yeah, it's one thing to be you know young and vibrant and vital, um, and the and the literal mummy, but like you also <laughs> need that that cash. I will say something for Neil Lane. Like Griffin and I thought he was going to raz Nick real hard because this is literally the fourth time <laughs> that he has sat down with Nick to pick out a ring, um, but he doesn't. He's just like, hey, everyone likes you. Everyone's rooting for you, Nick. It's because yeah, he's putting nice. his fucking kids through college. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah. And, and he shows Nick some very big rings, including one that he says is the biggest ring he's ever done. You and I haven't, you razz me again. Because every time I see these fucking rings, I'm sorry, folks, I will always <laughs> jump on this grenade. I think some of these rings look fucking stupid. I think if you have a ring that, it, it, and this is a character that lots of people like to play on TV of just like, <laughs> sure you want a diamond that big but i just think if there's diamonds on literally every square millimeter of the band and the setting and there's little diamonds around the diamonds and what's that if you crack the small diamond open you it's like a wonder ball and there's a million diamonds inside of the big diamond that just rattle around the whole time you walk around and there's when you wear it you just get diamond dust all over your finger that you have to wash off for an hour every night like I think these rings look fucking stupid. And I told Griffin, it's like if somebody came up to you with this really nice piece of chocolate and said, do you want one piece of chocolate or do you want 27 pieces of this great chocolate? Would you say, no, 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 27 pieces of chocolate is gaudy. I only want one. (laughs) If you had to wear those 27 pieces of chocolate on your hand, 
No, it'd be I scary. think you would probably. Yeah, would be, I would be nervous to walk down the street. Well, I mean, yeah, there would be like a meltiness issue, but just like I just think I think it's gaudy, folks. <laughs> no, I mean, I'd be nervous to walk down the street with a very, very expensive with a billion dollar ring, piece of jewelry, the biggest on ring me. that Neil Lane, the mummy, has ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I you, don't know if that's the one Nick picked. Actually, I didn't notice I don't either. if that was the one. I mean, they're picked. all kind of. If you can't see the band, I want to see. Show me that band. A good ring, I think, is like a nice little thing of precious metal, and then a gym, and there can be fun fun stuff around the gym or whatever. But like when the whole band is also gyms, it just looks like it just looks like fucking wadded up tinfoil. I think it looks stupid, and that's Griffin's jewel cutters corner. <laughs> Next week, join us as we discuss the merits of pillow cut versus princess cut. Is pillow cut a thing? We'll get to it. Sorry. Uh, so now it's now it's time. The ladies are in their dresses. Uh, Nick is holding the ring he has selected. Uh, and this is when Griffin and I realize there's not a lot of sun in Finland. We're probably not going to get that sunset tell. Or I think there's actually a lot of a lot of sun in Finland. I think- no, there's only a few hours a day of sun is what they said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it is the other way around. I don't remember. But either way. We don't need the fucking sun to tell us who's going to win this one, though. I because know. we have uh, the entire season of The Bachelor to tell us who's going to win this one. I know. So... Cars pull up, not a limo, looks like a like a very sporty SUV. That can survive the elements <laughs> in the bear attack. Griffin, like, these things are always car commercials, but this one was especially with this car navigating through the snow. It's yeah. like, ooh, that's a, that's a good vehicle. It was a Ford F-150, and it drove through the snow, and it was just like, truck, yeah! <laughs> and so who gets out first of this very nice vehicle? It's Raven. Yeah, so we know that she's not getting. I saw. I, so I, I popped into the comments at this point. I, I tried to stay yeah. off so I could like really watch the episode. And there was a lot of anger, and there were a lot of people who I didn't even think about this who were like, "Why is everyone so mad?" And I was like, "Oh, oh my sweet ones, you don't know. Oh my sweet ones, no. The I'm first sorry, one we out, failed you. The first one out always gets rejected. Always guys. loses. There were a lot of people who were saying because they built up this big historic twist. What if? The, the first one out yeah. actually won this season. I was yeah. like, I th- really think about that of, yeah, they can do that shit on top chef where it's like final two. The winner is this one. And then at the very end, they get like four seconds of like, sorry, Jamie, you didn't pull it out this time. Maybe next time you can't do that on the bachelor where it's like, I love you spend the rest of your life with me, but hold on. Give yeah. me ten. <laughs> hold, hold my beer. <laughs> Give me 10. I need to do something first. <laughs> yeah. Please go wait for me in the plane. We will fly off and start our life together. Before we do, I need to break off my other relationship while we're still in Or like, oh, no, no, you know what? Actually, you can just stand here. Let me just knock this out real quick while you're standing here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Raven gives the speech that the people that don't win always have to give where they talk about how much they care about the person. Uh, And she says something particularly heartbreaking. Where she said, you know, this is the kind of love that my dad prayed for me to have. And and Nick at this point, Nick is, he is a runny faucet. He's looking everywhere but Ravenward. He's just like, oh no, oh no, 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 please stop, please stop, oh no. <laughs> uh, and then Nick kind of recounts their dates and his first impression of Raven. And it all sounds very positive uh, until he says, um, I have so much love for you. I just don't know if I'm in love. My heart's somewhere else. This morning, when I figured out where my heart was, 
And that's that's when Griffin and I were like, this morning? This morning, when I made really? the heartbreaking decision, like, Jesus. This morning over my espresso and runny egg, I decided <gasps> it's not you. Um, and then Raven says something that should probably go on a t-shirt. She says, I'll never regret standing here telling you how I feel. That's uh, good stuff. And and Nick says, I'll miss you. And Raven says, I know. Cool. That's cool, though. And then she, she gets in the car. And then we also get this sort of obligatory, like, am I just never going to find love? Yeah, no she one says, what, what could I do differently? I don't even know if love is possible. Kind of the sad stuff you hear. Yeah. I also think I, I, I very much enjoyed Raven on this season. I also think that there was a lot of posturing, I think. It's safe to say, and I think everybody who ever makes it this far in the show does this, uh, so no judgment, but, like, posturing to try to be the next Bachelorette. And I think if Rachel wasn't on this season, Raven would be the next Bachelorette, but... Yeah. Um, well, the producers, I think, really pushed her, too, because yeah, sure. a lot of the things she said were like, I am confident that Nick will pick me and that this is my last night as a single woman. And I can't wait to, t- till tomorrow Absolutely. when I'm engaged. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just also think that it was built up for maximum devastation. And oh, that yeah. that is that's the redemption arc that they try to give the that they that they try to give the bachelorette. Yeah. Although I'm that said, like, I think Rachel is going to be. Way, 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 way better. Yeah, at this than Raven was because I, I, I enjoyed Raven, but I think we've seen like yeah, Raven comes in like like a lot of the women on this show yeah. come in. Um, okay, so it's time to propose to Vanessa, uh, and this is when Nick says um, that he's been falling in love with her for a long time and that he tried to fight it. Um, but he says, "I do love you. I am in love with you." So he's Just going them all. going for the hat trick. Um, and, and Vanessa gives her speech second, which it's I was weird, telling Griffin, yeah. like, usually the person who is potentially going to get the proposal goes first, but with the way they've set Vanessa up, they set Vanessa up like she might reject him, so they make Nick go first, and then they leave Vanessa to kind of give her speech. It's oddly, like, kind of empowering like this is literally never happened yeah it is a little bit like nick is proposing but she could say no and she very may well say no for the first time ever uh but she doesn't she says yes um and she says nick when i'm with you i'm the happiest i've ever been which she didn't really seem that happy to me (laughs) yeah sort of the last few episodes we just saw well no they had fun like they had a lot of fun on the the uh ice bath date and like they did have fun but i i I think this is us reacting to the edit of this episode which is just like here's a woman who is unsure of their relationship and they cry together all the time versus like somebody who roller skates or ice skates and um you know Uh, laughs and does dangerous yuri on ice stunts (laughs) out there so he proposes she says yes and then they get whisked away by a woman with a horse carriage uh and Vanessa That's does it. a really good just like cheese yeah. and everything. She, okay, so we also had to rewind it to check on this because they hug and kiss and he says, are you ready to start the rest of our lives together? And she says, yeah, kiss, let's kiss, do it, kiss, literally. Yeah. Which I thought they were talking about coitus and that was very cool. And then they uh, walk off and she like leans into like do like a fucking like Bugs Bunny like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, that I was very, very into. That was fun. I'm happy for that. I, I. This is another tragic thing about the way that this fucking show is edited to present this very specific story. 
I like Vanessa a lot, and I have since the very beginning, but since it started to become kind of evident that she was going to win this show, she began to get an edit that did not maximize my enjoyment of Vanessa. In fact, it it did everything to, like, make it seem like their relationship was not healthy or fun or good and that everybody else's relationship was way more fun and and healthy. Yeah, which, like, like, I get why they do that. Like, they don't want you to get so invested in Vanessa that you don't care about any of the other women. Which is fine. That is a problem because that's – that that so many seasons have fallen on that pitfall. Like, why the fuck are we even watching this? Whitney's going to win. Duh. But they didn't do that with, like – Sean and Catherine, right? They did. They, did they? Well, Sean and Catherine season was such a. I almost. That's one that I actually want to go back and rewatch because that's one s- bizarre outlier where Catherine, I don't think anybody thought was a front yeah. runner until it got to the final two. And it was like, holy fucking shit. I think this woman's going to win this <laughs> yeah. thing. And I love, I love, you know, they're, they're one of my favorite couples to, to come out of this, um, monster. Uh, but, although she, Sean's been kind of gross Sean's on fallen off the fucking yes the, <laughs> he's been the a little gross board. on Twitter um but like Catherine came out of nowhere and it was it didn't happen until like the final two and that is something that I feel like this show's tried to replicate a few times but yeah. I don't think it's I don't think that was an they're married still and like not a lot of couples that come out no, of the show can true. say that and so that makes me think that like their her like kind of surprise victory didn't come down to the edit or whatever like it it was spontaneous and it actually happened and it was yeah. like very real for lack of a better term yeah um and I, that's not to say that vanessa and nick's thing wasn't real although i'm saying that and once we get past the jumbotron spots and we watch this yeah after the we final have rose, still have to watch knows, the final rose um it's just that like yeah i don't i don't i don't i don't know it's it's i don't know how to fix it because the, the two options are either you know who the person is going to win the whole time, and they don't do this edit to make that person seem less great with this other person than they are, or doing that and saying, like, ooh, you're still sure about Vanessa? What about now? How about now? Now do you think Vanessa's going to win? Oops, she won. <laughs> got you. <laughs> like, I don't think either of those are exactly perfect solutions. Yeah. No, I mean, it's tricky. I don't know that I could do it better. Yeah. But that was the season. How was... um. How was, how do you feel about Nick coming out of this? You know, I I thought it was interesting. Somebody in the Facebook group posted and said, I don't understand why Rachel and Griffin are so down on Nick. Nick seems like a pretty okay guy to me. And, and I think that's true. I think Nick's okay. I I think he's an okay guy. Yeah. Um, I think we give him a hard time because he has this kind of like shrug quality is the only word I can think of. Like he just has this kind of like, Oh, who me? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. You know, that he's like, very coy. Yeah. My, my bigger thing with Nick is it's that chronic disappointment I have with, and I'm already worried about Rachel. Like, yeah. Um, I really like Nick and bachelor in paradise. Go back and listen. And uh, to us talk about like, I think at some point we even said like, how great would it be if they brought Nick back as a, they didn't pick any of the chumps yeah. from Jojo season. They brought Nick back as the, Bachelor, how cool would that be? And we were so excited because he was this audience surrogate and he was during BIP like funny and he was very charismatic and he was very like um uh very kind, I I feel like to like a lot of the people. Like I remember the twins going through some stuff. Yeah, and he, he was, seemed like, like willing to be a friend. Yeah, and so like those were not traits that you see um triumphed very much in this show. And so like I thought like, wow, this could be something this could be something really special. Um, and they also have an opportunity here where, like, we know more about Nick than we know about anybody who's ever been on this show fucking ever. Um, and so they, they don't have to, like, spend all this time, like, building the lore or whatever. We, like, know who this dude is. 
Um, and I don't know. I just don't think we got. I don't think anything yeah, interesting. I came think out of we that. just always wanted more from Nick. Maybe because we had higher expectations for him. Um, but I just would watch every episode and think like, oh, I was hoping you'd be a little better. Not to say he wasn't great and there were a lot of good things about him, but I just always wanted a little bit more. And for me, the biggest thing is just like, I really feel like it was like The Bachelor created by Mike Fleiser, whoever, co-executive produced by Nick Vile. Like, I'm like, I really, really feel like every decision that he made and that the show made, like... I, f- I could not well, shake the feeling that he was extremely involved Because the show in. kept reminding us, like Chris Harrison kept reminding us, all the advertisements kept reminding us, and Nick kept saying, I've been here before. So it was like, you almost got this constant reminder of like, hey, Nick's a pro at this. Like, Nick knows what he's doing. Like, Nick's been in this situation before. And so you do, you start watching thinking like, this is like an all-star game and Nick's coming back and playing his old position. The thing that The thing that's great about this show is this balance between the bullshit that can be fun to watch. The, like, the... I like dissecting the structure of it. I like dissecting, like, oh, that's who they've got filling in this constant archetype. Let's see how they do, and let's see if it's successful for them this time. Um, and I like, like, the goofy-ass shit that results from, like, the the frankly pretty wild structure of this show that I didn't appreciate until we went back and watched the very first season where it was like, this person's going to date all these other people. Isn't that wild? And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. I guess I've kind of lost the novelty of it. There, What works about the show is when that, like, silliness and, like, Bachelor Nation, the Bachelor Nation side of it is balanced out by my belief that this is a person that is trying to find a romantic relationship, and when they yeah. find their partner, it's like, Oh, that's really... I'm rooting for them. You have to be rooting for the romance in order for it to really work. You really, really, really do. And I don't think this... I don't think this season did a good job of that that second thing at all. That's true, because so much of the narrative was like, is he going to find love? All of it felt like the first category of just like, he's been on the show before, so is he going to do this thing that's happened in every season, or is he going to do this thing that didn't happen the past three seasons? But what if this thing that's never happened in any season, unprecedented television event, and it's like, is this guy dating people? Is this guy going on dates with people? Like, they didn't pay any attention to that part of it at all, and... (coughs) As jaded as I sound about this show sometimes, like, I need that. I need that. Yeah. We got that from, we got that in huge doses from Tara's house where, like, I was rooting for the relationships that happened on that show harder than I've ever rooted for any relationship on any reality show ever. And that was so refreshing. And this show can do that. It just chose not well, to. Well, because Nick's whole approach was like, I'm going to be more careful this time. Like, guys, I know I've been in love several times and you've seen it, but this time I'm going to be more careful. And, maybe, yeah. and it was like, and it made it less fun. Maybe with Nick, we could never get that. Maybe with Nick, who's done this show so many times and is a, a, a seasoned veteran. And he talks about, I don't want to make, I don't want to make the mistakes I've made the past few times. What's interesting is when people make those mistakes, like, it can be interesting when people yeah. make those mistakes and let themselves be vulnerable in the way that you refuse to let yourself be vulnerable. But I mean, that's also giving Nick a lot of credit. Like, I still just think the dude was just <laughs> trying to make a season of television yeah. and I cannot avoid, I cannot get past that at all. Um, so yeah, I think he was fine. I don't think he was like an awful dude. And he's certainly not one of the worst dudes that's ever been on this show. Well, let's wait till after the final. That rose. being said, who the fuck <laughs> knows again? Um, hey, Griffin. Yeah. Can I steal you away? Uh-huh. 
Can I tell you about Blue Apron? Yes, please. It's a thing we use. I use it all the time. I cooked for you last night. How do you not even know about Blue Apron? I didn't say that I didn't. Y'all, last night, I made this Moroccan chicken with this, like, tomato-based sauce that had prunes and, um, what else was in that sauce? Garlic and, um, I feel like there's some sort of chopped nut or something that was in there. Holy shit. It was really, really good. Brown rice and, like, seared chicken. Man. I just fucking love Blue Apron so much. For $10 per person, less than $10 per person per meal, they provide seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals, like this badass fucking Moroccan chicken that I made. They also have salmon piccata and orzo with orzo and broccoli, pork chops and miso butter with bok choy and marinated apple, vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips. It's it's really, really good. This was a fucking good week for Blue Apron. What else did we have? I feel like we had, um, uh, I feel like we had a lot of really good stuff. Meatloaf. Oh yeah, they brought they sent meatloaf, and I told Rachel like I'll cook this, but I've literally never eaten meatloaf that I've liked before in my life, and this was really really good stuff. Anyway, uh, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com/rose, and we do it. We've done it for a really long time now, and it's I can't imagine not having it. It's really really fucking great. Again, blueapron.com/rose. Go check it out. Hey Griffin. Yes. Can I tell you about Try the World? Yeah, why don't you do that? Uh, so this is um, a snack service that we got, uh, and I had never had it before. Um, you had not tried the world. You'd only tried no. St. Louis, and you tried Chicago, and you tried Austin. That's very true. Um, and what's cool about Try the World is that every country, every culture is unique, and food is one of their favorite ways to explore that uniqueness. Uh, so Try the World brings you five all-natural healthy snacks from five different countries. Um, the snacks that we got to sample were all kind of vegetable-based, um, so I was able to eat all of them, which was exciting for yeah. me. Um, and if you go to trytheworld.com, you can get $10 off your next box of healthy snacks with code ROSEBUDDIES. Thanks, Try the World. I think I think we will. We don't get to travel so much anymore. It's mine and Rachel's like favorite thing to do is to travel, and we don't get to do that anymore. So instead, we bring the world to us in this little flavorful box. Yeah, we got a lot of Asian themed snacks, which, as you may know, Griffin and I have big fans have done some traveling in that that region, whole region. Yeah, Um, I got a jumbotron here. If you want to get a jumbotron on the show, you can go to maximumfun.org/jumbotron. I'm pretty sure they're sold out through July. Yeah, so act now, I guess. Uh, Here's a message for Sam, and it's from Sean, who says this podcast of love seemed the perfect way to say that the past three years have been the best of my life. Happy anniversary! And this is they want it close to March 25th, which I think is pretty close. We're close-ish. Yeah, it's the we 13th. Could, we could be closer, but this is close-ish. Um, we're actually a little early. So happy early anniversary. Sit on this episode and go back and re-listen to it. That can be a fun anniversary day sort of thing. I hope it's more romantic than mine and Rachel's um, last anniversary, which, <laughs> babe, I don't even remember, because we had a, like, 10-day-old boy at that point. I think we got sushi delivered to us yeah that you had to eat without soy sauce maybe no at that point i didn't oh know. we didn't know that our boy could yes yeah, so you were know. just filling your body with poison <laughs> oh it was a great anniversary though we've definitely had better though when we could like go and do things <laughs> yeah it was exciting remember we had a little new boy and mm-hmm. we were so scared <laughs> just so scared all the time do you want to read the other one this message is for rick accused way oh boy from Becky 
Doc Tickets way. Happy birthday, Rick. It's me, Doc Tickets. There are 700, no, 2,000 jokes I could talk about here, but I'll just say that you're the best friend, ice cream creator, and brother a girl could ask for. You're a wonderful human and a beacon of light in the darkness. This is your year. Love your sister. P.S. Grandma loves you too. That's the, maybe the best message I've ever heard on this show. Every sentence of it was like poetry to me. <laughs> Doc uh, Tickets. Doc Tickets makes ice cream, is a good brother, and his grandma loves him very much. It's all, that message was like an episode of the Torkelsons, like in a little, like, <laughs> I loved it so much. Um, I also, you know what else I love? What? The Max Fun Drive. This is unprecedented. I don't know. I thought it needed its own stinger. <laughs> it was the same stinger. It's not its own stinger. <laughs> well, but it's got Rachel flavor. So mark your calendars because the 2017 Max Fun Drive is coming up starting March 20th. That is next week. We're going to be running some of the best shows of the year, offering amazing thank you gifts for the new and upgrading members, celebrating friendship with a global Max Fund meetup day, and more. It's the single best time to become a member or increase your support for our new, uh, for our favorite Max Fund shows, for your favorite Max Fund shows like Rose Buddies. Took me some time to get through that, but. <laughs> I mean, this is also my favorite show. Don't tell the boys. No. Um, the drive starts on March 20th, and it lasts for just two weeks. If you've been holding off on becoming a member, the Max Fund Drive is your time to share. Tune in and visit MaximumFun.org for details. So, broad strokes. You can help us. You can help us. You can help. You can become a member. When you become a member, you tell them what shows that you like. And if uh, it is Rose Buddy's first year on the Max Fund Network, so, like, if we brought you to Max Fund. And you like what we do and you want to support us. This is how you do it. And whatever you can give is great. It's awesome. Uh, you get to donate and you get to help us out. And like Rachel and I are sitting in this room right now recording this podcast um, for the Max Fun Network, which has helped us reach a way bigger audience. Like because of y'all, like I, I am, I've become basically a full-time podcaster uh, along with the Polygon stuff I do because of the support that folks have given us. So if you like the things that, that we make, like you are the ones who made that possible yeah that's the way i always think about it like like anytime i am approached with an opportunity to give to you know an organization or a cause or a product that i really believe in i just think like when you give when you give to something like that you're you're kind of a partial owner in its continued existence um and i think that's kind of neat and yeah. that's, that's powerful and we have such a good community with rose buddies Definitely. And so it's, it's the best community like you know in the world and like do whatever you feel comfortable doing yeah and you can really draw a straight line from like that first max fund drive we did when mabim bam first joined the network to where we are with like all the stuff that we do and people ask like how can you do so much stuff and it's like well we have we can make a living doing it and we can like be supported doing it and that's all y'all so it, it really helps us so out rose buddies tv show for the rose buddies tv show 2021 that'd be weird like well, <laughs> i mean fuck it we could be the the new after show although i do not know that they would let somebody quite as critical <laughs> of their product like, that fucking episode was boring <laughs> um anyway it's coming up next week and if you donate you get cool gifts and um oh we have a bonus episode that's gonna knock your yeah fucking we've already off. recorded it we were nervous to talk too much about it because we hadn't recorded it but we We'll tell you what it is next. It. We'll tell you what it is yeah. next week when you can donate and go. But listen it is to in it. the can. It's in the and can. We are like excited to share it with Fuck you. Fuck me, it's so good. Let's go watch what this dumb twist is going to be. Okay. All right. 
some some exciting developments. Yeah, there was some historic stuff. There was actually okay. They did it. They did it. They got us there at the end. They actually did some stuff that was First, I think you could consider historic. Let's get the boring I, I took stuff. A out fucking of the way. page and I have a note, and it's just like nothing happened. So I'm just gonna burn through it. Um. Uh, Nick comes out first. Uh, there's a lot of, like, I think the only interesting thing that, like, the only interesting sort of, like, conversation topic that had not been run completely into the fucking ground at this point was Nick talking about how, at this point, now that he's past it, him and Vanessa are still together, but that he, he says he sympathizes with Raven because he's been the runner-up so many times, um, and... I, I bring that up. Raven comes out, but I, I bring that up because later on, Vanessa uh, comes out and is talking about how uh, she kind of feels like he that had been an issue, that like he was so sympathetic towards Raven because she was this runner-up that he was not like focusing on his excitement now that like the process is over and that they are they they are still together and can plan this life together now that like the the big secret is out. Um, yeah, she suggests that, like, because he himself has been the runner-up so many times that he, like, actually can relate to Raven more. Yeah, and there's just a lot of—Raven comes out first, though, and there's a, there's a lot of Nick talking about being in Raven's position, um, which is sort of par for the course. Chris talks about how Raven was very stoic while she was losing, <laughs> while she was getting the boot, and um, Raven said that's just kind of how she um, processed it. Yeah, she seemed really, like— oddly apologetic because of the way chris had phrased it and nick's like i totally get it like i didn't think that was weird um she talks about how she was really confident that she was going to win uh the day of because she kind of had to be but she was very gracious about um nick and vanessa um and then this segment ends most notably with um chris saying so raven what's next and she says well i'm always looking for love and chris says well you know i've got a place yeah i have an island (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> experiments are conducted uh she gets the bip call up uh he kind of flirts with it and she kind of flirts with it and chris is like no raven's gonna be on bachelor in paradise so yeah that's good that's somebody who's gonna sort of um counter counterbalance some of the more unsavory elements that are gonna be on bachelor in I paradise hope so this yeah i hope so um vanessa comes out next and it's just her for a while there's kind of some gross stuff i feel like in this section of like chris treating vanessa like she was a like a real burden this season like a real like a real difficult lady yeah there's this like it's this thing that started to appear halfway through the season of like oh vanessa's so passionate and strong-willed and that can cause real problems in a relationship and chris tries to kind of like pick up that ball and run with it reed's gross though because she says i feel like i'm not the easiest person to be with and chris says what no and it's like that's not a good look i don't think at all um she uh chris talks about how she was a tough sell on this process uh and she says and i thought this was buck wild and also probably not true that she had never watched a whole season of this show before before coming on which i don't even know how that happens i bet that is true really she's canadian i mean it's probably not as easy for her to get her hands on if you get cast on a tv show or even if you're trying to get cast on a TV show, you probably watch some of that fucking TV show. She says a whole season, so maybe she'd like dabbled and yeah, watched some Yeah, maybe she of like it. picked up a few episodes. I can't imagine. It's unimaginable. I cannot imagine this. Well, like, that's because we've watched so many seasons. That's now. a good point. Fine. Um, that they still live in two different countries. 
she's still in Canada and he's still in, uh, to use his words, the good old US of A. Um, and, uh, speaking of not watching, she says that, uh, cause Chris brings up the fantasy suites and he teased at the very top of the thing, like what really happened in Raven's fantasy suite? That never, that's not a thing that they talk about. They never talk about her orgasm. Um, but, uh, Vanessa says she didn't watch the other fantasy suites. She just watched her own. I don't know what kind of iron willpower you would need to actually yeah. like pull that off. Uh, and also what good, like, DVRing you would need. You probably <laughs> yeah. need a friend to, like, steer the DVR for you. Um, and how things were, like, it was an uncomfortable transition from being on the show. Um, yeah, she-, she says, like, like any couple, we have some, some good days and some bad days. Um, and, and they do this sometimes on the after the final rose of, like, alluding to how hard it is to be a couple, um, after you do this. But there's always this kind of like sadness to it. It's very sad. Yeah, because she was just like, yeah, you know, we've we've had some arguments, you know, we've had some serious conversations, you know, where we're both we're both unlikely to brush anything under the rug. I'm fine to like not read too much into that. One thing she did say is that when they left the show, they nearly forgot to exchange numbers as they were leaving, which is like, wow, really? That's that's kind of. That is kind of weird. That's kind of weird, right? Like, that hit me as weird. And maybe it, she kind of said it as, like, a fun, like, we almost, in this weird? We almost forgot to stay in contact with each other at all. Like, it was fucking, like, before sunrise or something. Um, but, yeah. I, I There was a lot of, sort of, middle of the road. I, I always get uncomfortable talking about, like, are they really in love or I not? Know. But, like, um... It's just uncomfortable to just watch. There's so much discussion about, like, you know, we have fights, just like any other couple. And it's like, they talk mostly about that. And it's like, what's good? Like, what's good? What's good going on? They also talk about how they haven't set a date for marriage. Yeah, she um, says, uh, Chris asks when they're going to get married. She says, we're taking baby steps. Chris says, do you know which country you're going to live in? Nick says, we're leaning towards the good old US of A, uh, but that they have to go through the proper channels, to which Chris quips, it's not that easy. It's not as easy as it used to be. Um, and Vanessa mentions that she is building a nonprofit for people with learning disabilities here in the States. So she can kind of bring her, like what she was, what she was doing in Montreal, um, her, her career there here to the States. And they talk about Nick's new career, which is Dancing with the Stars Boy. And they talk about how they talked about it. And they, 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 they settled on how, like, it's not like a, he's going to be a full time dancer boy or whatever. And then Chris asks, do you, Nick, do you feel like you're a team? And Nick says, absolutely. And then there's a pause, and he goes, he gives a little air kiss towards her, which she returns, and fuck me, was it awkward. Um, and then there's a lot of, like, also at this point talking, and good job with the ring, boy. That's a good ring, boy. Like, Neil, he didn't make Neil it. Lane. Neil, Neil Lane. Neil Lane. He does good work. Ooh, boy, this is uncomfortable. You know what I think? I bet producers kind of love this show, because I bet they think, yeah, you're uncomfortable, aren't you, audience? This is how you'd be all the time if we weren't there. Like, you're really missing us right now, aren't you, audience? Like, if we were there, you wouldn't have That's to be fair, this uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just like, uh, uh, on on the, I don't know, I don't want to cast judgment on their love or whatever. Uh, but I've watched a lot of these now. I've watched a lot of these yeah, after the final row sections. And like, this was not the most jubilant. You know, but I'll say that Nick and Vanessa didn't seem especially jubilant towards the end of the season either. It's fair. Like yeah. they're they're a serious pair. And I also want to say that the um 
the process that they put them through after this show of being sequestered sounds so brutal, sounds so nightmarish and so um, unfair to a new relationship that, like, it is kind of hard to judge them on this. Yeah, Vanessa says at one point, because they always do that, like, what are you looking forward to? And they always say, like, oh, just be normal. Vanessa sadly says... I just want to be able to ride in the same car as him. And it's just like, oh. Riding cars with boys, I get it. Yeah. Rachel comes out next, and this is where we're supposed to get the big historic thing. Yeah. They talk for uh, a little bit. One thing that stood out is Chris asked what she saw in Nick's season that she kind of, like, wanted to carry over. She says she loved how direct and matter-of-fact Nick was, which he was fairly, fairly, I would say. Yeah. Direct and matter-of-fact. That she wants to bring that, um, well, this is my words, that axe woman heat um says that uh she says that she's shocked at the support she's getting which like i don't know maybe when you're in it that makes sense but i uh uh she says she's excited to meet the guys but nervous about how bad her feet are gonna hurt and this is where we get the big twist where chris is like oh you're excited to meet the guys well let's get started right now and the audience loses its mind, and Rachel gets real, real freaked out. And they uh, roll out like a big backdrop that looks like the Bachelor Mansion. And they do a very quick handful of boys. They bring out four real contestants, four real right boys there that on the come spot. Out. Uh, and uh, your starting lineup, ladies and gentlemen, your starting lineup. And I thought I, th- I talked to like, is this an unfair advantage? It's very exciting. I was fucking psyched. Um, because I was not expecting this this soon. And I didn't think they were going to let them introduce themselves. I thought they would just parade them out. She would look them over, and then they'd say, "All right, America, get ready." No, but they do the they full, do full on limo intro. Exit. So the first out uh, of the door is Demario, uh, who steps out and he says that she doesn't need to meet any more guys tonight. Yeah, uh, that they can fly to Vegas tonight and he's elope, got a ring and he already. pops a ring out and some, and he's some, got two plane tickets, two plane tickets to Vegas, and it's a decent. Decent prop decent. comedy. Yeah. You'd need decent prop comedy to like pull this new unprecedented uh after the final rose limo yeah. exit off. Yeah, you need you need something to hold on to. Demario comes out the gate strong. Cannot say mm, the exact same for Blake. Oh, Blake. Rachel's oh, this is the first time I saw Rachel's skeleton poking out her her mouth. Um, it reminded me of having contractions while I was in labor. Oh my god, Blake. Because I just felt like, when is it going to be over? Tell me when it's going to be over. Please make it stop. Blake is just... Uh, Blake, He's not prepared. She goes in she's, and stand, she, he stands close to her. And he, she's like, no, give me a hug. And he like tries to transition his handshake into a kiss of the hand. And it just... it The, tr- the fucking train skips the Meanwhile, tracks right there and never gets back The studio audience on. is still there. The studio audience is reacting to this. And it's like, oh, God, you can feel... You can feel the awkwardness. They're trying to hear what Blake is saying, but Blake is a quiet and soft boy, and you can't hear him, which is probably for the best, because and he definitely he, like, says, you look good, you smell good. Blake, you can't. I'm he, here. Like, he, like, stands next to her and puts his arm around her. Is like, take pictures, guys. Um... And then he, like, doesn't know how to leave the stage. Because, like, after you introduce yourself, typically you'd go into the mansion for the cocktail party. But he just has to walk off the stage, and he, like, doesn't know how to do it. Blake, you 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 made you made my wife, Rachel, very uncomfortable. Oh, God, and I'll awful. never, like, you seriously, head and hands in a way that I usually and get. And then right after that, Chris Harrison comes out. And he's like, how's it going? This is great. You want to meet some more? And she's like, I don't know. We could maybe stop. <laughs> <laughs> Please, after Blake. Are there more Blakes? Can you give me a no Blake guarantee? Or 
And I'm just thinking, like, how many more are there? Oh, uh, well, let me tell you all about Dean. Luckily, uh, there's only two Dean, more. the sequel to Blake, uh, comes out with a performance where he just oh, straight at the fucking gate, what's up? I'm Dean. I'm ready to go black, and I'm never going to go back. Dean. And Rachel's a, a good sport about it, but Dean, you fucking can't because I'm right here, Dean Griffin watching. Can't do it now with you. This, no. You know what worries me about Dean's little line? I am so worried. There are going to be like five more white guys that are going to say that same thing. The only thing I can say about Dean, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the fucking first up to bat for the Dean Defense Force. But if Dean was put up as a sacrificial lamb to say this bad thing, done, and just we're done with it, and now the other boys see this and they're like, back to the old drawing board. Good boys, (laughs) go back to that drawing board. Throw the first drawing board in the fucking dumpster, (laughs) you idiots. That was awful. And Rachel's like, oh, that's fun. And that's like, that's about it for Dean. Can we, because you're really confusing me when you keep talking about Rachel. Can we figure out a way to... I think you might have to change your name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We'll figure it out. Um, So Dean leaves the stage. And then we get Eric. And fucking Eric's thing is like... Saves the damn day. Saves the day. Because we just had two stinkeroos. And uh, Eric comes out and he says... Uh, I'm from Baltimore. You're from Texas, but we're here right now. This is a miracle season. Uh, and just like says some really sweet stuff. And he's like, how are you doing? And she's like, I'm doing great. That was all really, really good. And he goes, Hey. And she goes, Hey. And they start and they dancing. Dance. <laughs> oh, they and dance. And it was so, and she was like laughing while they just started like fucking dancing out of nowhere. He's and like he, celebrating that it went well. Yeah. And then she starts to dance with him. And it's just so nice. And it just made me think like, okay. I can I can deal. And maybe this like maybe this would be would have been more innocuous if it was just like any other limo exit. But the fact that there was a live audience and maybe this live audience was just fucking relieved to be through the fucking Blake <laughs> yeah. Dean Desert, yeah. fucking Blake Dean Canyon, the the just like dried <laughs> cow bones, just like whitening in the sun. And then we come across the Eric Oasis. It was so fucking great, and I, nice. I I left this whole experience just like overjoyed. And then Chris comes out and sort of walks us out and. I'm man. Rachel is also like really funny in that interaction where she's yeah. just like, "Why are you dancing? I don't know, but it's very, very good, and I like it very much." Yeah. Um. So yeah. And so that's that's all we get until her season starts. I guess. I'm I'm really excited, and um, I just hope here's my one wish. I'm gonna put it out there, secret style. Put it on my fucking vision board. I just want Rachel to stay fun. Like I just want Rachel to not sort of like lose lose herself in the like the process of it like every other yeah like starring i think the only person i think the best person who i've seen like kind of rise above the the demands of the show was emily and she may have been the last one that like because she's the one who had the twist ending and she's the one who like sort of broke from structure a lot and was really interested like entertaining in that regard so i'm hoping rachel can can do that too and put put together a really good season so that's in what may yeah Probably. Probably may. We got some time to kill. Yeah. Been talking about some stuff. Um, I don't know that we know what we're going to do for next week's episode yet, but we will definitely announce it in the group. We'll figure yeah. it out soon. Been talking about Terrace House Aloha Day, although I kind of want to wait for new episodes of that to pop up in April. Yeah. Are you the one is just wrapping up? Are you the one that wraps up this week so we could talk about this most recent season? I want to watch first season of Bachelorette. Yeah, with Trista? Um, yeah, it's on abc.com, I think. That would be fun. Boy, you're sleepy, huh? Yes. It's 11.17, so this is the latest you've stayed up in quite some time, I think. Yes, it is. Thanks, Bachelor. You've killed my wife. <laughs> um, 
that's it. Thank you all so much for sticking with us for the season. A lot of people joined us for the first time this season as we joined the Max Fun Network and I uh, just wanted to like hear us talk about this season of this TV shows they started watching. And so thank you all for coming along yeah, on this journey. And hey, stick with us because a lot of people's favorite episodes of our show are the kind of the what we call Rose Buddies with Z's. It's um, where we talk about good TV shows. Well, or or just like novel, fun things we find on YouTube. Yeah. Um, like Please Marry My Boy. Yeah. And if if you were the one it's a very confusing. We, yeah. we got very conceptual there during Rose Buddies. And Flavor of Love. Flavor of Love. Um, so yeah, that's, that's next week. We'll figure it out and we'll try to stay a little bit more ahead of it than we are now. And also next week, Max Fun Drive kicks off. So uh, we'll let you know all about that and what, what you can do to help us out and what you can get for yourself in the cool, cool bonus episode we have coming up and a lot of fun stuff on the horizon. So stay, stay with us. And thanks to MaximumFun.org for having us. You can go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great podcasts there today and, and go enjoy. Anything else? That's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching this show with me, babe. It was fun. It was. It was, it was a fun season. Yeah. A lot of good ladies. A lot of great ladies. The best cast, maybe, like ever. Yeah. Uh, and so that's it. Till next time, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Maximum Fun has asked us to make a new promo, and I think the best way to do it is to tell people what our show's about. Oh, that's pretty easy. The Greatest Generation is a hybrid podcast that guarantees you a good night's sleep with a combination of both latex foam and memory foam. No, it's actually a show that allows you to skip the post office by printing out your own postage. No, it is a podcast that allows you to design websites by using award-winning templates. Ben, it is most definitely not that. The Greatest Generation is a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. New episodes come out every week on Maximum Fun or wherever you download podcasts.